0: Hey, so thank you so much for joining me today. Jesus has a word for us. He is faithful to teach us. He's teaching us his way, what he thinks, how he feels, how to be ready to stand before him that day and live with him for eternity. So let's acknowledge what he has to say today. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you care so much for us, that you're long-suffering and waiting For us to be ready so that you can come, because it's not your will that one should perish. We love you and praise you, give you all the glory. Just speak through me today, Lord. Just show us what you want us to hear, each one, each as an individual, the thing that we need to hear today. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. So, Jesus was talking to me about something that happened a while ago and something he said to me. What happened was my blessings had stopped flowing, and I was asking Jesus why. I was walking on the boardwalk, and I said, why has this blessing stopped? I just wrote a book for him, and he blessed me, and things were just fading away. And he said to me, if you really want to know, meet me tomorrow morning at this bench. And so I met him the next morning at the bench, and he corrected me. He told me I was like one of the five foolish virgins, and I want to read part of that to you. In Matthew 25, it says, The kingdom of heaven will be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Jesus is the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and thoughtless, without forethought, and five were sensible, intelligent, and prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take any extra oil with them. But the wise took flax of oil along with them and with their lamps. While the bridegroom lingered and was slow in coming, they all began nodding their heads and falling asleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold, the bridegroom! go out to meet him. And all the virgins got up and put their own, their own lamps in order. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for the lamps are going out. But the wise replied, there will not be enough for us and for you. Go instead to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were gone to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were prepared went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Later the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, I solemnly declare to you, I do not know you. I am not acquainted with you. And then he said, watch, therefore, give strict attention, and be cautious and active, for you know not the day or the hour when the Son of Man will come. So he was referring to me as one of the foolish and he said I was foolish because he had asked me to write books, to do these videos, to write articles, and so on and so on. And I wasn't doing it. And so often I would quit because I wasn't hurt. I didn't think I was worthy. And he has to still now keep encouraging me to go on. And in fact, he he makes it clear that it's not about me and I had to get over myself, it's about him. It's about him. He is long-suffering. He is waiting for us to be ready, and that is a message he wants me to tell, and he wanted me to tell and wants me to keep telling until he gets back, that he's coming and we're not ready. Most of us are like the five foolish virgins and haven't even asked him our assignment. We, we have no idea that he's suffering, that he's long-suffering, and that he's waiting for us. And I would like to read that to you as well. In 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises, according to some people's conception of slowness. But he is long-suffering, extraordinary, patient toward you, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will vanish away, pass away with thunderous crash, and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works upon it will be burned up. This is what he's thinking about. This is what his mind is on. And I was coming to him and asking him, where are my blessings? Pretty much, what about me? But because I came to him and asked him, and didn't assume something and walk away, he told me this, that um, that pleased him. And that's why he said, if you really want to know, then meet me tomorrow morning at this bench. I was pretty flustered. I could feel his emotions. I, I could feel something wasn't right between us. He made it known. He started, that's when he started showing me his heartache, his people. His feelings, what he's thinking, are not things that should be assumed. He doesn't want to be assumed, but he wants to be known. He doesn't want you to assume this and that about him, but he wants you to go to him and ask. And so he was saying that to me, the the reason he said that, and, and I often wondered, it puzzled me, why he said, if you really want to know, and I was thinking other things um, that I thought that he was referring to. But recently he showed me exactly why he said what he said. he said. He said to me, "If you really want to know," what he was saying was, "Do you care? Do you care enough to meet me tomorrow morning at that bench?" And he, he was showing me that I did care. Because I came and I wanted to know what he was thinking. I know that about him. I I know I need to know what he's thinking in his opinion. And I can't assume, although sometimes I fall short of that. So I did go and I did find out what he was thinking. And what he was thinking was, I betrayed him. And I've asked him to correct me. And so he does correct me. He's faithful to do that. I don't want to assume that I'm going to stand before him that day and be okay with him. I need to know that I'm going to be okay with him. I need to know I didn't disregard his command ahead of time so that I can fix it, and that's what he wants. When the word says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, what he taught me that meant is to love him is to care about what he cares about, and he cares about his children. And his children don't know him. They don't know what is about to happen. And he's calling us, who call ourselves Christians, to get our assignment and start caring about what he cares about and putting our feelings and our agenda aside. And, of course, when you do that, he's going to take care of you. You're not going to be without. But he's asking you to love. Love is the most important command. So to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is to care about what he cares about. And he cares about your neighbor. And that's why the second most important command is to love your neighbor as yourself. But what we're doing is worrying about ourselves, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, how tired we are, how this, how that, it's all about us. So I have learned that I might say that God is first, and I love him with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. But when I'm putting myself first and putting him on hold, that isn't true. What I'm saying is I don't care about what you care about. What I'm saying is I'm making light of his heartache. I know he's coming. I don't know the day or the hour, but I know that he has made it urgent to let you know that you need to get ready and not assume that you're ready. The whole point of this message is to tell you to not assume anything about God that you haven't heard him tell you himself. If you really want to know the truth, then meet him. Meet with him and ask him the truth. Find out where you're falling short, or where you're putting yourself before him. That's the message I am to tell you today. You want to be corrected. You don't want to assume anything. He has been extraordinarily generous to us to offer his spirit to live on the inside of us to be with us all the time, to counsel us, to teach us, to prepare us even for his return. And let's appreciate that and go to him and find out from him what we need to do to be ready. No one else knows your state. He does. He knows your position. No one else can tell you what it is. Someone may give you their opinion, but on that day, that opinion is not going to matter. Did you ever have someone assume something about you? They didn't know the truth about you, but it was hearsay? It doesn't feel very good, especially if it's a lie. If it's a a threat against you. And God is feeling the same way. He's lied about. He's talked about. The truth isn't known to his children. And he's relying on us to go to him ourselves and find out that truth. And to tell you to go to him yourself and find out where you stand with him. If you're having a difference with someone then you have to talk to that person to find out where you stand with them what they're thinking you can't assume or guess or go by hearsay because then it's going to turn out to be a huge misunderstanding this is the the most important thing the most important event coming up when Jesus returns and you don't want to have had a misunderstanding before he gets here you don't want to be and the wrong line. He told me this is a time of testing, and he's separating the sheep from the goats. And so the testing time is a time where you want to go to him and say, Lord, correct me, teach me, tell me what you're thinking. I want to know how you're feeling, what you're thinking, and what you want me to do for you. I don't want to be wrapped up in the world worrying about what I'm going to eat, drink, and wear. When you're just on the other side of the door, ready to open the door, none of that is even going to matter. So if you really want to know, ask him. Don't assume. Don't assume. Because you won't know until he reveals to you what he's thinking, how he feels. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, He's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you would heed his voice, he would come and live on the inside of you and dine with you. That is the most precious, beautiful thing ever, to have him living on the inside of you, to be there with you all the time, forever and ever and ever. If you never said that prayer, if you want him to live on the inside of you, and you're ready to heed his voice, to commit to what he's telling you,